Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Night Protection Services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Surviving to Thriving podcast. Today I have with me Joseph James. Joseph is a former U.S. Marine and law enforcement veteran, business owner of Professional Canine Solutions Dog Training, father, motivational speaker, life coach, and podcaster. Joseph has spoken in many venues across the nation and has helped thousands of people understand their purpose in life. After his wife's battle of cancer and the journey of pain his family went through, Joseph is now coaching people that have gone through life's struggles, pain, and trauma to help them not just find their purpose through pain, but teach them to take their pain and launch them into their destiny. Joseph, welcome to the show. Thank you, Heather. It's such an honor and a privilege to be on here as your guest. I really appreciate it. Of course. So that was an awesome bio. Is there anything else that you want our guests to know about you right off the bat? I'm just like anybody else. Um, I'm no, I'm nobody special. I put on my pants like everybody else does. I'm just somebody that's gone through a lot of stuff in my own life and navigating through it, kind of like all of us. So yeah, that's that's me. Awesome. Well, let's just jump right into it then. Like we talked about earlier, I really just like to start back in those high school, college days and really get to know the young Joseph. So, what was life like in high school, like growing up for you? Yes. So I was, uh, <laughs> I think I might've weighed a hundred pounds soaking wet, graduating high school. I think I graduated high school at 105 pounds at five foot tall. I was very, very scrawny, very, very small. I, uh, my dad was a big, he was six foot, 200 pounds. Uh, but we kind of took after my mom's height and hit a, hit a late growth spurt. But my whole, I, I guess, life up to that point, And even in high school, I was bullied. Uh, you know, I had my friends and things like that. And I was, I tried to play sports, didn't mount up to much. My heart was way bigger than my size. And they were always worried about size in that time. But I grew up in a family where my dad was a very stern disciplinarian. It even went into abuse. Uh, he spent 20 years in the Marine Corps. He was very strong, a willed guy, driven at life. But his, he, he did what he thought was best. And so... I kind of escaped high school with grades. I actually graduated in my the bottom of my third, the bottom third of my class. Um, and if you can break it down even more than that, it was I was in the very low ends. Not because I wasn't smart, I didn't apply myself. I didn't care. At that point in my life, I had gone through so much rejection, so much pain, so much abandonment, so much seeking approval from my father, because to my dad. In school, an A minus was never good enough. He wanted that A plus. And so when you hear that and you're doing everything that you can and you hear that time and time and time again, it just gets to the point that you just stop caring, you know, and that's what I was. I'm just like, I got to the point in my life by the time I was in high school, I was the class clown. I was, I was the one that I didn't care about being bullied because it gave me attention. You know, I can let people, I remember sitting on the bus and getting flicked in the back of the head, you know, kind of thumped is what we called it, you know, and I would let people do it and just endure the pain because everybody got a laugh out of it. I didn't look at it as they were laughing at me. 
I looked at it as they were laughing with me, you know, because I wanted that approval because I never got it from my father. And so I, you know, went through grade school like that, went through high school like that. And I was a class clown that just like wanted to make everybody laugh because that gave me approval, something I sought after for so many years of my life with my dad and just never got it, never, never got it from him at all. And so that, that kind of takes me through my high school time. And then of course, graduating the lower of my class school, college was never a thought on my mind, never, you know, and, you know, not because I just wasn't smart because I just didn't care anymore. You know, and that's that's a really bad place to be graduating high school and just not caring about an education anymore. You know, so I did something that I'm like, okay, I've tried to seek out my father's approval for so long that I'm like, well, maybe I can join the Marine Corps. Maybe I can do this. And this will really kind of set my dad and be happy. And, you know, to begin with, I mean, when I actually told him, the funny thing is when I told him, he says, son, you got to join the Navy. <laughs> you know, and I, at that time, I didn't, I didn't know what he meant by it, you know, but of course the, the Marine Corps, you know, has its, at that time had its reputation of being the, one of the hardest branches of the service to serve in and not to take away from any other branch of the service. Cause they all have their, their own niche, you know? So, but my also, my dad also knew that I would quit everything I started. And the reason I would quit is I would seek the approval of people, get the pat on the back, the stroke of the, you know, the, the back of the head and feel good. And then I'm like, as soon as that would die off, I'm like, I need to do something else in life to get more approval from people. And so I joined the Marine Corps, not only for, I, I was, you know, a year out of high school, construction wasn't my thing. So I'm like, you know what? I want a good paying job. I want something that can guarantee me a paycheck and I can get a, I can get a car. You know, and so I'm like, well, let's join the military. You know, this is back in 1997 time frame. And so cell phones weren't it. Social media didn't exist. Google didn't exist yet. You know, and if it did, it was just barely on the scratch of surface of things. You know, we didn't have the word, hey, just Google it. You know, that didn't exist. <laughs> so I joined the Marine Corps. Now, about that time, I only I, I hit I was five foot seven. And now is at 125 pounds. So grew seven inches and gained 20 pounds in, the, in that first year. But I did that honestly to, again, to find the approval of something. I wanted something I wanted. I wanted something to be accepted by, you know, and I wanted to be accepted. And I'm thinking, well, what, what a better place to be accepted by my dad and approved by my dad than joining the Marine Corps, something he did for 20 years of his life. And so that's the route that I went and all those things, you know, nothing of that went away. I, I grew up, I moved out of home, but I still had rejection issues. I still was seeking my dad's approval, you know, and this is the sad thing about trauma, Heather, is when you're at that place, you don't know that you're really in it. You know, I've asked people before, it's like, how can you stay in an abusive relationship? And a lot of people are like, the, the, the number one answer I get when it comes to coaching, they're like, I didn't know that there was anything different. Like I thought this was, you know, I watched my mom and dad uh, were abusive. So I married somebody that's abusive. So I'm thinking that's how, that's how a marriage is supposed to be. Yeah. And in my yeah. mind, I'm thinking, how can you think? But then I sit there and think, and I'm like, I look back at mine and I'm like, statistically, I should have been a very angry individual. I should have been abusive. My dad was abusive. He, he, I mean, it wasn't just discipline. He was abusive to my mom. He was abusive to my, my two sisters, my brother, and myself. I should have been an abusive husband. 
You know, I, I, I had angry ish, anger issues, you know, and I, I should have by, by statistics, by, I guess, natural causes of trauma, I should have lived in that, you know, and honestly, you know, what it was, Heather, is one day my mom and my older sister kept on saying I was going to be just like my dad. Our words have so much power. We have the ability to be able to speak life over ourselves or even death, as well as other people, you know. And a lot of people that are in these situations that are in trauma, they're not speaking life over their situation. They think and believe that's how it's supposed to be, and they'll never get anything else. Yeah. You know, and I really thought that growing up. And I'm like, well, my dad's an angry man. I'm going to be an angry man too. And I started going down that road. I started to believe what my mom and my sister were saying. You're going to be just like your dad. You're going to be just like your dad. And when I signed up to join the Marine Corps, I was, I remember where I was standing. I was standing at the top of my steps at my parents' house, the house I grew up in. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm turning into my dad. And all I did, Heather, nothing magical. All I did is say, Lord, don't ever let me be like my dad. And everything just broke. The spirit of anger just kind of left. The resentment, the hatefulness, the bitterness. I mean, everything left in me. You know, and I'm like, I'm no longer angry at people. I hated people. I really did. I avoided them. Now, I was a people person. Don't get me wrong. But I genuinely hated people, you know, and for me, but I wasn't abusive. Me, I was a small kid. So I knew I couldn't ever hit anybody in my family because my dad would come and whoop me. So I'd punch walls. And I knew I wasn't big enough to beat anybody up, so I'd punch more walls, <laughs> you know, but that was what ingrained, it was ingrained in me as a young child based off of the spankings, the beatings. And when I say beatings, I mean, switch, man, I would have loved to have a switch. I remember getting hit by two by fours, getting hit by bed slats, getting spanked by, you know, I remember stacking wood with my, with, with my family one time and I rolled my eyes at my dad. Oh, he chased after me. And I finally ran to my mom and held on to my mom and he grabbed a piece of wood that we were stacking and beat me with it, wow. you know, and that's, that's how I grew up. I mean, and ultimately I should be treating my kids the same way, but I, you know, I realized, I didn't realize that was trauma. I had no idea, but I knew that that's not the direction I wanted to go in life. And I'm like, I got to do something about it. And the first thing I ever did, the first thing was, I just don't want to be this way. I had a mindset change. I, I, I truly have a say now, change your mindset, change your world, regardless of what you go through, trauma, divorce, unforgiveness, you know, a loss of a family member, a loss of a job, change your mindset and change your world, you know? So that kind of brings you up to, uh, to, to the, the middle adult timeframe uh, right there of me joining, you know, going through high school and joining the Marine Corps. Yeah. And there's a a few different things that I pulled out of there. First thing that just kind of made me chuckle was that you wanted to get your first car. And, you know, then you said like, because we didn't have all these cool things to buy. It doesn't matter because, you know, that I was a cop. My husband was a cop, like all this stuff. Literally the first thing that any cop or military person buys still to this day is a brand new car. And you're like, why? Why is that your first investment? Not a house, not anything like Nope, a car. Like it's always the first thing. So it just made me chuckle because yeah. I did the same thing. I bought a, a Jeep Wrangler, uh, the like two weeks into being a police officer. Right. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. I got a guaranteed paycheck. I know I can afford it now. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. But then the second thing was a lot of things, a lot of times on the podcast, what we bring up is college, whether to go or not to go, because a lot of people struggle with when they get out of an abusive relationship, they're like, well, I never went to college. So how can I do anything in life? And so I think it is amazing to bring that point up is that you didn't go to college, but yet you are doing some amazing things. So I don't know if maybe you want to touch on how not going to college has affected your kind of career path in life. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I coming out of high school, I'm just like, education is not for me. This was my philosophy. I'm like, I know how to count money. Okay. So I don't need to learn any more math and you're not going to change the way I talk. So I don't need to learn English, <laughs> you know? And so of course I joined the Marine Corps, but what started happening is I became passionate about the Marine Corps and I became passionate about the knowledge behind and the history behind the Marine Corps. Okay. And so I remember getting into my unit the very first time and, you know, I'm already at a boot camp and things like that. And of course they make you study knowledge in boot camp. So you, you, you have to become passionate about it then, you know, you have to study. And so, but I remember getting to my unit and they would start asking me, these are, these are guys that are, you know, they're three and a half years in They're They're salty. They're a little on the bitter side they're ready to get out of the Marine Corps, you know? And so now you get these new guys, this fresh meat that's come in and they're like, they start asking us all this knowledge questions. And if we didn't know it, and this was about our MOS, I was in artillery at the time. And so if we didn't know it, we were, we were doing pushups and, and they're like, you're either going to get smarter, or you're going to get stronger. And I'm like, this body right here at 125 pounds, I, was, I think I was 135 graduating high, high boot camp. I'm like, this body wasn't made for doing pushups all the time. So I started studying. And I mean, I studied all the time. I was single. I, I, you know, it's what I enjoyed doing. I didn't go out to clubs. I wasn't a big drinker at the time and things like that, you know. So I'm just like, which was crazy because the reason why I wouldn't go out to clubs because my rejection from my dad stemmed into my relationships. I was scared to death to go up to a female and say, oh, wow, you look very pretty. I'd like to get to know you because at a club, everybody's there to hook up, right? For at our, our time frame, everybody's there to hook up. So I'm like, I wasn't there to hook up. I wanted just to have a nice conversation and maybe well, let's go get grab a drink. <laughs> you know, I wasn't thinking anything else beyond that, you know? So, you know, it wasn't until I started to mature and it actually wasn't until four years after I got out of the Marine Corps, that I still not really in the mindset of going to college, I started working for a minister, okay, that was also a doctor, okay? So he had his own church, he traveled and ministered in churches, and then he was a doctor. And so I was talking to him one day, and he's like, Joseph, he says, why don't you go back to school? And I'm like, for what? Why? You know, I'm like, I still didn't care. You know, and, you know, not, there's nothing wrong with not going to school. I don't have anything wrong with not going to school. What was wrong was my mindset of not educating myself. That was what was wrong with me. Okay. I look now at the age of 42 and I'm a successful entrepreneur work, you know, working, you know, seven figure business, you know, have had other businesses. It's, and I meet, I'll come across somebody at a seminar or workshop that's 22, 23 years old, and they're making seven figures. I'm like, man, I wish I can go back and be 22 years old and have the mindset I have now because I'd be the millionaire by 25 and I'd be the billionaire by the time I'm 45, you know? And now I'm just 20 years late on it, right? 
But this was the crazy thing about the education. The education formed in me a mindset because I ended up, I, I did end up going to college from 2008 to 2012, but this is what I did. I did five years of college in three and a half years. I went year round, summer school, winter or the fall, the spring and summer. I, cause once I finally got determined on going, I went now, my degree is in something I don't even use now. My degree is in sports medicine. I don't even use it. Okay. And the main reason why I didn't use it is, is I could not pass my board exam after I finished college. And I'm like, okay, well then I kind of went another direction. I went into uh, strength and conditioning and I realized then I'm like, I'm going to be gone away from my family you know, nine tenths out of the year to make $60,000. I'm like, no, that's not for me. I got a wife and two kids at the time. I'm like, at that time I was getting up at three 30 in the morning. I'm sorry. I was leaving my house at three 30 because I had to drive 93 miles one way, one way and a car that I couldn't fill up gas all the way because it had a hole in the gas tank underneath. So I can only fill it up about three quarter of the way. Okay. All right. I would drive one way, had to leave my house at 3.30. I'd get home at roughly 7, 7.30 at night. Well, then I still had to study. I still had to help with around the house and kids. And I was doing this internship. And you know what I was being paid? Unlimited amount of muscle milk and bagels. Wow. Nothing I could fit in my gas tank. Nothing. I had unlimited amount of muscle milk and bagels because that's what they gave the athletes. And the coach is like, listen, it's an unpaid internship. Do you want to do it? And every day, five days a week, I drove 93 miles, 186 miles round trip every single day. And I did that for a year. Don't even know how I afforded it because I wasn't working, you know, but it started creating me and creating in me a mindset, you know, and I started to have to change the way I viewed life, the way I looked at jobs, the way I looked at professions, what I wanted to do, because I'm like, I don't like the idea of working for other people, you know, and making nothing and never being able to see my family. And so I did that for a year in 2011. And then I'm like, I got into law enforcement for a little bit that that went for about a year, year and a half. And then I'm finally like, you know what? I'm really good at firearms. I'm really good at self-defense. I used to do it in the Marine Corps. Let me just start a business on my own. And I had no idea how to start a business. I'm just like, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing, you know? Facebook was around then. So I was able to kind of share what I was doing and things like that. And I, I started off with your basic concealed carry course. And then that translated into me teaching other courses and self-defense. And then I'm like, Hey, I really got a lot of people wanting me to teach self-defense and combative. So let me take this another step. Still didn't know how to run a business, but I'm like, I'm figuring it out on the way. And, you know, at the time I was married, had two kids and I had a great supportive wife, very great support system. And it was probably to the point that my wife's like, this joker here, he's always starting something, but you know what? I'm just going to let him do it. Babe, as long as we have the money, just I'm supporting you, you know? And she did. And so I opened up a little storefront combatives place and I just kind of like, okay, well, my rent $600 a month. And if I have, you know, $100 a month, I need six people at a minimum. Well, I need some extra equipment. So maybe if I added eight, you know, and I think I had 12 people. I think I had a a consistency of 12 people every week, you know, and I got to that point. I'm like, I still didn't know how to grow a business. Had no idea, but I'm like, it's paying rent. I'm getting a little extra money on the side, you know, and, and that again, that was it, you know, but it was what it started to do to me then is if I wanted people in my business, I had to start creating a vision. Okay. 
I had to start envisioning what I wanted. And that goes for anything in life. When I was going through trauma, I had to start creating the exit plan. I don't want to be in this. I don't want to think this way anymore, you know? And so that's what kind of led me into college and then also led me out of it to start thinking, I want to go into the business. I want to go into entrepreneurship. Yeah. I mean, that's what, you know, talking, listening um, about your wife. That's why we own six businesses, because I uh, just told Zach, like, if that's what you want to do, let's go do it. You know, yeah. <laughs> so it's the same thing. Like he was cop and then military and then corporate world. And finally he was like, I don't like this. I want to, I want to be my own boss. I want to run my own business. And so yeah. it's definitely yeah. kind of that same path. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O, thriving, A-T-L, or online at 2thriving.org.